So we've been talking about a life hack. I hope you've got an understanding of that now. And that's kind of like there's thousands, millions of them presented online all the time. And it uh, it's basically offers you a shortcut to great results and greater efficiency and you know, greater success. And it's kind of like a real shortcut of how to get there. But of course, most of it does not work. But people are into it big time in this day. And I think we're in a season now or a time of probably not just the next generation, all generations where we want quick Microsoft results, micro, microwave results. We want things to happen quickly without putting in the time and the effort. But friends, it's not how life works. And it's not how God works. You know, you've got to put in the effort, right? You've got to put in the time. You've got to put in the hard yards. You've got to put in the diligence. You've got to put in the perseverance. You've got to put in patience. That's the way life works, friends. And if, uh, the danger is that we're going to lose the capacity to persevere and push through and wait. So what happens if it's not working out? We just leave. Well, we change. If the job's not moving fast enough, we find another job. You know, if, if something's not giving us the success we want, we quit and we try. So people just go from one thing to another. But friends, we've got to be able to hang in there. Yeah. Tell the person next to you, it's time to hang in there. <laughs> but as I shared last week, if you didn't hear the message, I'd encourage you to get a hold of it uh, because it is a prophetic message and so is today. And that there is one life hack that does work and will give you extraordinary results. It's one I've used all my life. And the results have been out of this world, literally out of this world. And that's the life hack of prayer. If you learn to pray, your life will go to a level that you never dreamed was possible. Do you know that most Christians, probably almost every Christian lives way below their God-given potential? Way below. You're capable of far more than you're experiencing today. And so am I. So am I. But the path, and that's why we're dissatisfied. Because there's something deep within us that says, I know there's so much more. Yeah. It's because it's not even something from your mind. It's in your spirit. It's from God. It's, it's a God-given thing in you. And that's why we're kind of always looking for, what is that thing? What is it that, that's missing? I think what's missing is obviously the God thing and not discovering the potential that God has put in our lives. You are Imago Dei. You are made in the image of God. Hello, you are very much like God. So if you're very much like God, show me the proof that you're very much like God. I want to, you know, that by the things that happen in our lives and the miracles we see in the breakthrough. So we live below our potential. One of the reasons for that is we've never really developed this life hack of prayer efficiently or enough. But as we learn to do that, and what I'm trying to do in the sessions here uh, today and last week and uh, share with you is how to develop that life hack in our lives. And uh, I said last week, if you were here, that many Christians, and I trust none of you, upstairs or downstairs, live like atheists. Do you know how an atheist lives? An atheist doesn't need to pray much asking for God's help during the day. They just get up in the morning, maybe say, good morning, Jesus. <laughs> night, good night, Jesus. I don't know. Or even less than that. So no, there's no dependence on God. You know, so there's no need for God on a daily basis. If that's how people are living, that's how atheists live. Hello? That's how atheists live, don't they? They don't, they don't kind of need God to get through the day. I mean, if I don't pray during the day, I'm sunk. I've got to pray. I need God's help all through the day. And so I've got to pray not just once, I've got to pray many times. I don't, I don't, tell the person next to you, don't live like an atheist. Hey? 
I hope there aren't any atheists. Well, I hope there are atheists in the house because we're going to give you a chance to change that in a, in a short while. Um, you know, your, your devotional life and prayer in the Word is the inner core from which you function, yeah. from which your life exists. So the better the condition of your inner core, your relationship with God, the better your life will be. You'll get through the storms, you'll get through the struggles, you won't up bitter and twisted and messed up and unforgiving and resentful. You, you, you'll get through all that stuff because that inner core can handle whatever life throws at you and it can help you to accomplish all that God's called you to do. So the number one thing to do in life on a daily basis is keep developing the inner core, your relationship, your walk with God. Daniel tells us that people who know their God shall be strong. Anyone here lacking strength for what you're facing? I just told you how to get it. People who know their God shall be strong and what? And do exploits. If you're not seeing exploits in your life, develop the inner core. That's what, it, you know, really that's what Christianity comes down to. If you miss that part, which many do. Thank you. <laughs> See, they, they got it, man. See, the spirit within got it. Didn't know how to express it, but they got it. <laughs> it's what it comes down to. Yet so many miss this. And they wonder why it's a struggle. They wonder why Christianity's not delivering. Why, why, isn't it, why is it so hard? And you know, some people even walk away from God. But the bottom line is if you develop that inner core, you're going to be okay. So I want to encourage you with God's help to do it. And as I said, this is a prophetic message because we're in challenge. Who knows we're in challenging times? Yeah. How many know it's going to get more challenging? If we don't develop this life act, friends, we're going to get knocked out. And a lot of Christians are already getting knocked out. So it's really important that however you go about doing this, do it. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, as pastor to this church, the day of lukewarm, casual, compromised Christianity, it's finished. It's done. You stay there, you'll get taken out. I can't say much more than that. Come on, church, it's time to get on fire. It's time to push to another level. Time to get closer to God than ever before. Tennyson said this, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. You know, we can't trace everything God does to a specific prayer, but we can be confident that everything God does on the earth can, is because of prayer, because of someone has prayed. That's how the world functions. So the world operates is because of the prayers of God's people. And, um, you know, there's, there's some, uh, some uh, testimonies coming through. I want to just share a couple of them that we've got from our food bank, all right? You give to the food bank, they just don't provide food. They pray for people. They, people see, they see people saved and they see miracles. I want to give you two of them right now. This lady been coming to the food bank for prayer. The reason she was coming, she had this growing cancer. And so recently, since prayer from the food bank team, she went back to the doctor and was informed that her cancer had stopped growing and was in fact now reducing. I'm telling you, there's an atmosphere shift. God's starting to move in more and more ways. Here's another one from the food bank. Another lady came, living off ACC, struggling big time because of a work accident. She was, had drug addictions. Her heart was hard towards God. Over time, with prayer from the food bank team, she has asked God into her life. She prays daily 
and she's been drug-free for six months. Now she shares God with family and friends, shares her testimony, and this is the part I really like, she now lives a positive and happy life. Send in your testimonies. Send in your miracles. I know there are more out there. Just let us know so we can keep sharing them with people because we're seeing more and more of these. And it all comes back to what I've been sharing for a long time now. 1 Corinthians 4.20 It's probably my, my, my go-to verse now. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. The kingdom of God in your life is not a matter of talk. It's power. Every one of us should be seeing the power of God. And more and more, and I, I believe we will. It's, it's a journey, and I believe we will. Some of us are beginning to see more of it. Um, Adrian and I often hear of testimonies of people that have been touched and healed and, and set free, and you know, it's just really encouraging. And uh, we pray for each other, <coughs> regular basis, <coughs> and we see God answer. It's, it, it's just incredible uh, when you really start to step into that dimension. Of course, I, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm like, I wanna see so much more, but I'm happy to see at least something, some things, uh, good things are starting to happen. Acts 2.22, why don't you say this one together with me. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you, how? By miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. The testimony that Jesus was from God, and who he says who he is, he is who he says he is, is the miracles. Yeah. You know, that's why the apostles gave great testimony to the resurrection with great power. That's how they testified to the resurrection. Hey, can I prove to you Jesus rose from the dead? Look at these miracles yeah. that we are performing. So it's, it is, really Christianity is, is all about the power of God and the miraculous. I like this, uh, you know, I wanna suggest this, that I believe, my personal belief, that one of the greatest tragedies in your life, that's a big statement, isn't it? Would be to not develop the life hack of prayer and help change lives and help change our world. So you can do this. You can change lives. You can help change the world through your prayers. I think we don't develop this. I think that's a, I think that's a, I think it's tragic to be honest. And I think the, the, the Word of God calls us to it all the time. I want to go a step further than that. In my personal belief, the greatest contribution anyone in this building or online can make to advance the kingdom of God is through your prayers. More than through your other gifts, you might be able to lead, you might be able to run things, you might have administrative skills, you may have... You may be able to heal the sick. You may, have, you may do, be able to do a lot of other things. You may have tremendous gifts in your life. But the greatest contribution, I believe, that any of us can make to advance the kingdom of God is through our prayers. That's why God said in the word of God, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Why? Because prayer is the one thing that advances the kingdom of God more than anyone else. And you know what's the beautiful thing about that? We can all do it. You don't need a special gift. In fact, in the Bible, there's no gift of prayer. Find it for me. Find the gift of prayer. It's not there. There's a lot of other gifts. Why is there no gift of prayer? Because we can all pray. 
We've all got that. We can all pray. It's just something that we do. So it's something we can all develop in our lives and have massive impact for the kingdom of God. You know, some people are always wanting, God, you know, open this door for me. I don't want to serve you in this one. I want to do this and I want to do that. Fine, keep praying that. But you've already got prayer <laughs> to, to have more impact than any of those open doors are going to give you anyway. Prayer's the key. So let's get into that. Here's a state, uh, quote for you that you may or may not like. J.C. Ryle says this, trials are intended to make us think. Is that coming up for us? Maybe you didn't give it to them. Did I give you that, team? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Hello, no, not that one. Trials. (laughs) Thanks, team. All right, let's go. Trials are intended to make us think. I hope you're all thinking right now. Trials are intended to make us think. To wean us from the world. To send us to the Bible. To drive us to our knees. Shall I close in prayer now? Let's go home. That's it. That's it, folks. You're all facing a trial. If you're not, you're dead. Just saying. I mean, I'm facing probably about 10 trials right now. Trials are intended to make us think. Are you thinking? What's your trial about? Are you asking God why? Or do you just want out? To wean us from the world. Do you ever thought about that? It's one of the reasons trials come our way. To wean us from our love of the world. And don't we love the world? And the things the world offers and the pleasures the world offers, we love it. But God sends a trial to wean us from the world, to send us to the question. I'm not going to get through this sermon. I can tell that already. Has it driven you to this book? That's a goal. Drives you to the book. It's where you find your answers. That's find your the Bible says, you know, the word says that uh, the Bible gives us comfort and strength and hope. Drives us to the Bible. And then the last bit there was, oh, can I have that up, thanks, please? Thank you. Um, send us the Bible to drive us to our knees. Is your trial driving you to your knees? Are you praying more than you've ever prayed before? Trials have driven me to my knees. That's one way I've learned to pray, is these trials. <laughs> I wonder sometimes, I don't know how God works, but I wonder sometimes whether trials keep coming so we get more and more on our knees. Yeah. And it's actually a good thing because we learn to pray on our knees. But get a copy of that, folks. Take it home with you. Put it on your mirror. And allow your trial to make you think, win you from the world, send you to the book, and drive you to your knees. How many of you like that one, by the way? Yeah, that's good. It's a good one, eh? That's why I took a bit of time on it. <clears throat> so following on from that, E.M. Bounds, E.M. Bounds said this, the church is looking for better methods, but God's looking for better men. Can I add woman in there? Is, that, can I, is it all right to do that, folks? Better men and woman. Isn't it true? We're always looking for a better method. A better way of doing things. A better way of a 
accomplishing what we want to accomplish. But God's looking for better men and women. What are better men and women? They're men and women who have learned to walk with God. They've learned to pray. They've learned to get into the word of God. They've weaned themselves from the world. They're on their knees. These are better men. These are better women. At the end of the day, they will change the world. Methods aren't going to do it, friends. People are going to do it. You read through this book, God look for a man. God look for a woman. God look for a young person. God look for a child. God look for someone. Someone that he could put his hand upon. Someone who would be in the Word. Someone who's on their knees. Someone who's weaned from the world. Someone who loves God. Someone who's a servant of the Lord. Someone who's willing to sacrifice. Someone who's willing to give their all for this. This gospel is worth giving your all for. God is looking. Who is it in this room? Is there a man in this room? Is there a woman? Is there a young person? Is there a child? Is there someone in this room that God is looking for? that He can use to shape society, who can shape this church, who can change our nation, who can change the world. God is looking and the eyes of the Lord go to and fro all across the earth looking for someone who is fully devoted to Him. Fully devoted to Him. I said fully devoted to Him. Is that you? Is that the person next to you? Is there someone in the house? Friends, God is looking. God is searching. God is waiting. I believe God is craving Believe the heart of God is searching. Is there another Moses? Is there another David? Is there another Joshua? Is there a Ruth somewhere? Is there a Deborah somewhere? Is there an Ezekiel? Is there a Jeremiah? Is there a Paul or a Peter or a John or a Matthew? Is there another Finney, Moody, Adoniram Judson, Hudson Taylor? God looks for a man and God looks for a woman. Tell the person next to you, I think he's talking about you. You know our problem? We all say, not me. It's not me. You know my story, I'm not going to go into it. I am... As someone who surrendered to God. Again and again and again and again and again. And again, to this day, I keep doing it. God, here I am. If you can do something with this person, flawed, frail, weak, struggling, needy, broken, that's all true. Ask my wife. I'm yours. That's it. And God does the rest. The world is looking for better methods. God's looking for better men and better women. There's more to you than you have 
experienced to this point in time. I'm going to say it again. Virtually all of us, and I'm talking about you, are living below our potential. And God wants us to step up and step in to all that he's got for us. Take that as an encouragement. Take it as a challenge. Take it as whatever it might be. But there's more. You know, there's a message I've got here to preach, but um, I'll try and preach it. But um, See, why I'm saying this is I know in my life there is so, so much more. And I've been going 40 years on this journey. And I feel like I'm just starting. I do. I feel like I'm just getting underway. And so I'm way below my potential. Not, that's not a condemning thing, by the way. That's an ins- inspirational. When someone tells me, Tark, you're below your potential. So you, that means that they see a lot more in me. It's an encouragement. It, not to make you feel bad. If I tell you there's so much more in you, this should make you feel good. But then there is a challenge to step up to the much more that God has got for us. So be inspired, be encouraged. <clears throat> anyway, I'm actually trying to preach on prayer right now. <clears throat> so, oh man, I love this. Revival is not so much churches filled with men and women. It's men and women filled with God. Men and women filled with God. That's what Church Unlimited is all about, by the way. Is that's why we're so passionate for God, so passionate to know Him, because God's looking for people who are filled with God. Imagine being filled with God. How, how reckons that would change your life all the time? You, you'd get up all the time and you say, "Oh man, I'm filled with God." Wow! You'd it'd just be explo- you'd be explosive, man, wherever you went, <clears throat> just filled with God. That's what that's what uh, the Lord wants for us. And if you think about it, we pray for revival, don't we? What happened in revival? The day of Pentecost. Suddenly, there was a rushing mighty wind, tongues of fire, divided tongues of fire sat upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the How many of you know your Bibles? They're all filled with? Who's the Holy Spirit? God. They're all filled with God? Then what happened? Change the world. Change the world. It wasn't a better method. It was better men. It was better women. There's better young people. There's better children filled with God. They went out and changed the world. <coughs> Friends, we look for more gifts and more abilities and more, or more of all that sort of stuff. I reckon we need to look for more of God. More of God in our lives. Let's get filled with God. And that, you know what's the beauty of this? It's available to anyone in this room. Every one of us from the the person who's the least qualified, who's never barely went to school, can't hardly read or write, from the least to the greatest. We can all be filled with God. By the way, in God, I don't think there is a least and greatest, but that's another story. We can all be filled with God. So, one reason we struggle in prayer is a lack of language. So, I wanna help you to pray again today. So let's all stand. Please, if you don't mind. We're gonna have a a little prayer time, but it's gonna be a real easy one, all right? So if there's a... There's a, if you're ready for this. So I've got a number of prayers here that are really, really good prayers. 
and are really, really easy for us to pray. All right? So the first one is the prayer of Jabez. So that's going to be on the screen for you very shortly. There we go. All right, so it's 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10, and it's Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Now, here's the prayer, all right? You ready? Can you all read it? Can we all pray this? You're just praying this for yourself. As you pray, believe it. This is one of the greatest prayers in the Bible. Believe it and believe that God's going to work it in your life. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be on me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain and God granted his request. So let's do that again, but at the end just say, and God granted my request. Just think about these words. This is a fantastic prayer. If you haven't had a prayer time this morning, you're having one now. So when someone says to you at the end of the day, do you pray today? You say, well, I sure did. I don't live like an atheist like you. All right. You ready? Let's try this again from Oh That. Okay. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm that I will be free from pain. And God granted my request. Give the Lord a clap, a shout of praise. (laughs) That is a fantastic one. Now I've got another one for you that you are going to so love, all right? It's more of a statement. It's Isaiah 41 and verse 10. All right, you're gonna just, as as you say it, apply it to yourself. So when it says fear not, tell yourself, come on, Come on, Tark, fear not, for I am with you. God's saying, I'm with you. Hey, don't be dismayed. Come on, I'm your God. And it goes on from there. You ready for this one? So let's just really, really put your heart into this because this is a good way to pray, all right? So we're talking about praying Scripture here. All right, it's a powerful thing. Isaiah 41, 10, let's go. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Is that good or what? Hey, eh? Does it get any better than that? That is so good, we're gonna do it again. You ready? Apply it to yourself. Come on, apply it to yourself. Let's go. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We've got one more. But you know what's great about that is a lot of I wills. You know, it says, I will. If God says I will, it's not like when I say I will do something for you. No, no, I may not. But when God says I will, 100%, 100%. He cannot lie. So He said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, the last one, we all know Psalm 23, verses 1, 2, and 6. I'll just lift one out in the middle. So so this is another prayer that we can pray. It is such a good prayer. Take it on board into your heart. You ready for this? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Just stop there. I mean, how good is that? The Lord's your shepherd. Watching over you, leading you, guiding you. I shall not want. Let's start again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness 
for his name's sake. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can we just say verse six again? Because you need that. I want you to claim this, all right? Claim it as a promise from God. Because it actually starts with surely. So God is saying, hey, look, some of you are doubting me, aren't you? So I want to just add to it by saying surely. God cannot lie, friends. Your, your life experience, maybe you might be looking at your life and thinking, well, I don't know if this is true or it doesn't seem to be happening for me. You, got to, you can't live by your experience. You can't base your faith on your experience. You've got to base it on, on this book because uh, your experience lies. This book doesn't. This book can't lie, all right? So let's go again. Psalm 23, verse six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One more time. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come and give the Lord a praise, please. All right, you may be seated. I'm going to finish this missing out most of my sermon, but that's all right. I'm going to see some people are so glad I missed out because I thought it was useless anyway. Um, <laughs> Helen Rose Vare was a missionary in Zaire. A woman on the mission field died in childbirth, leaving a tiny premature baby and a crying two-year-old daughter. So the caregivers were having great difficulty keeping this baby alive. There was no electricity, no incubator, and the nights were very cold. Not even a water bottle. So someone had to sleep with the baby near a fire just to keep it alive. Well, Helen, the missionary, there was an orphanage attached to this, and so she told the orphanage kids about the situation. 10-year-old Ruth prayed This was her prayer. Please God, send us a hot water bottle. It's no good tomorrow as the baby will be dead. So please send it this afternoon. Also, please send a dolly for the little girl so she'll know you really love her. Helen had been in Africa for four years and never had one parcel from the UK. And if anyone did send a parcel, why would they send a hot water bottle to people living on the equator? Good point. The day that Ruth prayed, that day, a parcel arrived. No parcel for four years. A parcel arrived. In it, they found knitted jerseys, bandages, and a brand new hot water bottle. Ten-year-old Ruth rushed forward, crying out, If God sent the hot water bottle, he must have sent the dolly too. Sure enough, at the bottom of the box was a small, beautifully dressed dolly. Ruth never doubted that God would hear and answer her prayers. I share that to inspire you. I share that to encourage you. I've been reading lately, you know, God is saying, be more daring in your prayers. 
Be more outrageous in your requests. Stop minimizing everything to the norm. You know, just go for the, and you know, it's, it's a bit of a challenge. And, and, um, but a prayer like that is just so, so incredible and so, so amazing. You know, it says, um, it's, I, I recall a time that, um, I'm gonna finish with this, I think. Um, <laughs> finally, said Tark. And then finally again, and then finally, a bit like Paul. But um, I want to finish with this. I remember a time, a few years ago now, I'd been praying for something at length. And I wasn't getting the answer. Nothing was happening. And then I began to think of all the promises of God to answer prayer. So I just went back to God, humbly, and I said, God, what's the deal here? And I quoted all these scripture verses on answered prayer. You want to find them, by the way, folks. All, all the promises. I said, God, you said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Call unto me and I'll answer you. And whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you receive, shall be. I said, God, all these promises. God, you, 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 you. and yet I'm praying and praying and praying. God, God, you are not answering. And I said, oh, God, I don't understand this. <clears throat> then I got really bold. And I said, God, if you don't mind, I insist now that you honor your word. Yeah. I insist that you honor what you promised in your word, that you would answer this prayer that I've prayed for a long, long time. And I, I don't know whether I did that for a day or, or whatever it was, but it was quite strong. And I even found some songs like um, God Who Answers Prayer. You know, there's, there's, there's some song. I remember the song, God is so good. That's right. God is so good. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. So I started singing it to God. And he said, I love your voice, Tark. It's awesome. <laughs> I just threw that bit in for good measure <clears throat> to wake a few people up who weren't enjoying the story. And uh, I found that song. And I started singing that song. So I was really pushing, pushing. I was saying, God, come on. Come on, God. You, you said. You said, God. Come on. You've got to honor. Come on. God, you, in fact, God, your honor is at stake here. Well, sure enough, within a day or two, God answered my prayer. Mark Batterson, who wrote Circle Maker, says this. Our most powerful prayers are linked to the promises of God. He said, um, he went on to say, when you are praying the promises of God, you can pray with holy confidence. So he suggests this, that we circle the 3,000 plus promises of God as we read the Bible. 3,000 plus promises. And we can't blindly claim every promise that is there, but the Holy God Spirit can guide us to the promises that are for us. And then we can remind God of those promises. Guess what happens? When you remind God of the promises, you remind yourself of the promises. And when you remind yourself of the promises, your faith grows in the promises. And faith is a trigger that releases divine power. It's time to develop this life hack of prayer. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at in your, this prayer life of yours, if you don't pray at all, and if you don't, I'm not here to condemn you, but can I just say start? Get up in the morning and pray for a couple of minutes. 
Whatever it might be. And if you can, end the day. Pray for a couple of minutes then. <clears throat> if you're already praying 10 minutes a day, push it out. Go to 15. But I want you, I want you to make a decision. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, if you're at 30 minutes, you know, why, why not? This is how I did it in my life. You've heard the story so many times. It gets a bit boring, I know, but it's worth repeating. <laughs> when I went from 30, I went to 40 minutes, you know. If you're at 40, go to an hour. You know, the Bible does say, could you not watch with me one hour, by the way? Go to an hour. That should be your goal. Make it that your goal. But hey, you might take a few years to get there. That's fine. Uh, but if you're an hour, come on, push it out. Push it out. Go further, whatever it might be. And just keep going out and... You'll be surprised, eventually you'll be able to come to our half night of prayer and pray for four hours. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Let's take the prayer hack, prayer ability to another level. As we do, I know that the level of God's power and the supernatural and miraculous will just lift to a higher and higher level. We'll see lives transformed. We'll see our community begin to change. We will see revival break out. And we'll see... New Zealand, turn yes. to Jesus.